Hey, Thina. Yes, Kylie. What did the teddy bear say after dinner? I have no idea. I'm stuffed. Shut up. <laughs> Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Was that an unbearable joke? Well, it probably won't be the only one for this evening. planes, parachutes, and one unlucky bear. This epic crime story centered in Knoxville could soon be coming to the big screen. 10 News reporter Cole Sullivan shows us the true story behind the movie Cocaine Bear. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Thina. And I'm Kylie. If you can't pet bears, why <laughs> do they have ears like that? <laughs> Wait, why do they have ears? Like that. A lot of animals no, have ears. Their ears. You know what I'm talking about. Do you see their ears? Yeah, they're, they're so just... keen. They're there. <laughs> I can just squeeze. <laughs> and then you get mauled to death. If they aren't friend, why are they friend shaped? <laughs> it is misleading. It's like teddy bears were created as a farce. Such a farce. I the other night was telling Corey and Kylie how I think they would sense the goodness in me and know that I want to pet them and the bear would let me pet them. And as we're having this conversation, Corey's like, that won't happen. And you will die. And I'm not checking my phone during this conversation. And during this conversation, my girlfriend is texting me about how she wants to pet a bear completely unrelated. And she's sending me bear memes. And I'm like, oh, God, we are a match made in heaven. That's really weird. So it's like CSP or whatever it is. ESP? Isn't it? Isn't oh, it ESP? It's, it's obviously not CSP. <laughs> no, wait. Cryptic Soup. Yeah, CSP. I thought you said CPS. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> we're, we're dyslexic and stupid, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, why is she talking about Child Protective Services? And then you said it's obviously not CSP. And I was like, well, yeah, because there's no children involved. And then it dawned on me that's not what you said. What is <laughs> what does it stand for? ESP? ESP stands for extrasensory perception. Oh. Also known as the sixth sense. Okay. Saying the words sixth sense next to each <laughs> other makes me feel like I have a lisp. Sixth sense? Because <laughs> you're saying it with is a lisp. Is that not how you say it? Sixth, say those sixth sense. Sixth sense? It's not. I don't think I'm doing that. Six. So how would you say six? Six. Oh, yeah. You do have a little bit of a list <laughs> with that. There are a few words I can't say correctly because the way my tongue rings protrude. Six. 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 So for those that aren't aware, I have double tongue rings, not just one. So it presses against both sides of my mouth. So my tongue can't touch the top correctly. My dentist and I aren't on the best terms right now, but we're making it through it. This case is a request by uh, none other than Corey, our editor, core.media.photography on Instagram. He found out about a movie that's being released in February, and he said, give me all the details before it comes out so I can judge. And then about two seconds later, he said, just kidding. I found out the movie is literally like zero percent about the actual case. <laughs> It just has the same name. So we're going to tell you guys all about the case, though, so you guys can figure it out before the movie comes out. Cool, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So this episode, there's so many things we could call it. I don't know what we're going to call it, but I guess I will by the time we post it, because we're going to talk about the cocaine bear. Do you know what the cocaine bear is? Well, I mean, I have a vague understanding because of the trailer, but apparently that isn't a good. It's not. Yeah, I guess because which I watched the trailer, too. And then I was like, holy shit. And then Corey's like, yeah, it's not like that. So I was like, oh, okay, what's it about? It's basically about a huge like drug bust, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's all about drug smuggling. But bears. <laughs> With bears involved. Just one. Just one specific bear. Just actually. one bear. Pablo Escobar. I didn't make that up. That's what he's <laughs> called. <laughs> the look Kylie gave me from across the room. <laughs> so this all began on the morning of September 11th when a call was put in to authorities by a man named Fred Myers. Fred had found a body at the end of his driveway, a human body, I should clarify. The body was found with dried blood running from its mouth. The person was wearing khaki colored clothes. They had black gloves on and a point blank type bulletproof vest by body armor. The body also had several weapons on it, thousands of dollars in cash and over 75 pounds of cocaine, which is about 14 million dollars worth. And it was like a little bit. Just 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 a smidge, you just, know, just a little bit. It was all in duffel bags that were secured to his waist. So authorities instantly were like, oh, what the fuck led to this event? Like, <laughs> who is this man dead in the middle of this man's driveway? Like, so. And like probably in the middle of nowhere, right? Well, it's out in the like Tennessee border area. So it's not in the middle of nowhere. It is kind of near. It's kind of near the Chattahoochee. Oh, God. <laughs> Now that you want to bring it up, I'll tell you. I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> so it's not in the middle of nowhere, but it's definitely still like not a super populated place. It's not yeah. a city. Okay. 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 So this man, his name was Andrew Carter Thornton II. He was a paratrooper, an American narcotics officer or a former one, a lawyer and an alleged gang leader who turned into a drug smuggler. Okay. What a resume. I was about to say that. <laughs> Literally those words. What a resume. Like, I don't think you can top that. Nope. Thornton was moving loads of cocaine from the U.S. to Colombia, from Colombia to the U.S., like back and forth doing all this in his Cessna 404 plane. On September 11th, 1985, he accidentally put too much. So the weight was too much for the plane and they were having a certain charter that Thornton and his partner were like working on that day. And that's when they realized when they were already in the air, the plane was too heavy. Whoopsies. Yeah. Slight <laughs> problem, right? Just so a bit. They started just dropping packages of cocaine out of the plane. And this was near Blairsville, Georgia. Then Thornton put the plane on autopilot and parachuted out with 75 pounds of cocaine strapped to his body. After he jumped out of this plane, he essentially, I guess, was thinking, like, if I have at least some of this strapped to my body, I won't lose all of it in case they can't find the ones they like throughout the, the plane. Like, that kind of makes sense, I guess, his thought process. At least he's saving 14 million instead of losing all, all of, of it. it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I guess. I suppose if you. If you want to be technical about it, but I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of. Or maybe he's saving that because he's like, I'm going to have to use this cocaine to get like enough energy to find the other cocaine. Maybe on September 11th, Thornton jumped from the plane, but Thornton ended up falling to his death when he bailed on the plane. 
Sometimes people speculate it's because he might have hit his head on the tail end of the aircraft. And so he wasn't able to open his parachute until it was too late. And it like, I don't want to use the word malfunction because it doesn't malfunction. It's released. It's just released incorrectly. And I'll explain that once I kind of get more to the like how it is and isn't correct. But it, it worked. His parachute did work. It is verified. He ended up landing in the backyardish area, but they said it was the driveway. So I don't know how this worked out there, but they said it was their backyard of this person's house in Knoxville, Tennessee. There was also found a key in Thornton's pocket, and that matched the tail number of the wrecked plane that they found in Hayesville of Clays County, North Carolina, 60 miles away. So now they're starting to put the pieces together. Thornton had directed the aircraft towards the Atlantic Ocean, set it on autopilot before making his jump, and that's what they now are realizing. When his body was found, Thornton had on the bulletproof vest, some Gucci loafers. Of course. (laughs) Gucci. Gucci with his khaki outfit, some night vision goggles, survival gear, a stiletto dagger, some food rations, vitamins, a compass, an altimeter, identification papers in two different names, a membership card to the Miami Jockey Club. (laughs) Okay. Gotta be bougie with your Gucci. Um, he also had his green army duffel bag because he is an army person. He was in the army and it contained $14 million worth of cocaine approximately. That was in 34 football size bundles that were labeled USA 10. He had $4,500 in cash on him, like over four grand, literally. He had 2.8 grams of gold Kurigans, which is the South African coins, I guess. Okay. He also had some knives on him, a Browning 9mm automatic pistol, a 22 caliber Derringer pistol. Nope. Derringer? Nope. What is it? Derringer. Oh. Derringer? No, because it's my grandparents' last name. We've had that one before, and yeah. I fucked it up every time. Yeah. It looks like Derringer. Oh, well. Derringer. Derringer. And he had some books with names and codes on them, like little little books. But then he also had a uh, in his pocket a paper that had three epigrams on them. What a weird combination of things. He sounds like a mixture between Uncharted and. Yes. Um, like. Maybe a little bit of Tomb Raider. And yeah, all like, of it mixed together. But being a villain. But Gucci. And Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Gucci, darling. An examination of the body revealed that Thornton had died six to eight hours before they found the body where his body was discovered. So he probably was dead before he hit the ground they're thinking also like he did not splat to his death he probably died so that's probably why they were like he probably hit the plane yeah or Or he was at least unconscious enough to then die yeah and also if he probably didn't pull the parachute correctly can't you die from all the altitude problems and stuff like that like can't your heart give out and stuff yeah i'm sure it could but i feel like it's rare and cocaine bear isn't the most rare episode we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the police police were soon notified by the Macon Macon County Sheriff's Office, goodness, that a crashed Cessna 404 plane had been found nearby and they had no signs of fatalities or survivors. The police connected the plane to Thornton and started piecing together some things. Days later, Closed maps of Jamaica and a pilot's logbook bearing the Cessna's number were also discovered. You know what wasn't discovered? Mm. Thornton's co-pilot. Interesting. Still to this day. 
That's all. Weird. Okay. Moving on. This ain't about him. <laughs> During well, the- it might it might be, but we don't know because we don't know anything about him. Yeah, we don't know who he is. So during the investigation, authorities brought up the fact that Thornton had deployed his backup parachute, but not the main parachute. So the main parachute was later located some distance away from where he was found, indicating he had lost it while freefalling. So an examination of both parachutes indicated they were of high quality and neither had any obvious flaws. They weren't incorrectly manufactured. So he only had the backup parachute, but he had deployed it. That's why I'm saying there's something off. He could have deployed it late. He could have accidentally deployed it. Why did the main one come off? Did he get hurt? Was he even conscious? Like, there's a lot of questions right there alone. This is very D.B. Cooper, Amelia Earhart. I don't trust anybody that goes in planes, apparently. (laughs) I'm now realizing. (laughs) Based on Thornton's history of drug smuggling, the investigators guessed there was a lot more cocaine than just what he had on him in this bag. So they started to begin a search. In November of 1985, a hunter discovered a 175-pound black bear in the Chattahoochee National National Forest. You you fucked up National Forest because you <laughs> emphasized Chattahoochee. Because that's the word, Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. You're a hoochie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was in the mountains of Fanning County, Georgia, and that's just south of the Tennessee border. The hunter did not inform authorities of the discovery of the bear because he assumed, like a normal person was, it's a normal bear that died of normal circumstances. You find a dead bear in the woods, it's died of being a bear, I guess. You know, I mean, aren't they kind of like the biggest predator in the woods, though? Who's going to come up and kill the bear? They're, a I mountain lion? I feel like, no, I feel, well, I feel like they can, but I feel like they have to bring like a pack. I was going to say a pack of what? Okay. A pack of their friends. A pack of friends. <laughs> yes. yes. With teeth. Oh, yeah. Okay. A pack of what? In my head, I was trying to think of what they brought. <laughs> okay. Boom. <laughs> All right. So he just kind of thought maybe the bear had died of some sort of natural, normal circumstances and there was nothing to it. Right. But then three weeks passed and a game and fish agent had learned of the bear and he informed the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, which is the GBI. And they started to, you know, think, hmm, that's just so weird because of what else happened lately. Like, I'm sure nothing is, you know, amiss, but let's just check on it. Why not? Right. So when authorities finally discovered the bear's body on December 20th, there were 40 bags of cocaine that were found open and empty. That's a lot of cocaine. But keep in mind, these bags are like, they're only like the size of a football, which I mean, is is still a lot, but it's not like 40 duffel bags. There are 40 bags within one duffel bag. Right. Because you'll find out there's only a few duffel bags, but he only got to one duffel bag. Just like the man had one duffel bag strapped to him. The bear had one duffel bag of his own. So on December 23rd, 1985, the GBI released their first official statements regarding the event to the United Press International. And these are the statements that later go on to be part of the New York Times when people all of a sudden hear of, you know, cocaine bear. They said a bear died of an overdose of cocaine after discovering a batch of the drug. The cocaine was apparently dropped from a plane piloted by Andrew Thornton, a convicted drug smuggler who died September 11th in Knoxville, Tennessee, because he was carrying too heavy a load while parachuting. The Bureau said the bear 
was found Friday in northern Georgia among 40 unopened among 40 opened plastic containers with traces of cocaine. I like how they say like the cocaine was apparently dropped. He just discovered this batch of drugs like <laughs> you naturally discover bags of right, drugs. Right, like it's a normal thing to find in the forest. Especially for a bear. Like, right. It's fine. This is a normal thing to find an overdosed bear. Gary Garner of the GBI told the Associated Press, the bear got to it, the cocaine, you know, before we could. And he tore the duffel bag open. He got some cocaine and OD'd, which is overdosed. Nowadays, there's nothing left but bones and a big hide. The bear was then taken to the Georgia State Crime Lab, where Dr. Kenneth Alonzo, the state's chief medical examiner at the time, performed an autopsy. Pablo Escobar. This is around the time it gets that name was the nickname given to the 175 pound American black bear. I wonder where that name came from. Like, why? What? What is the. Why? Well, because Pablo Escobar did do a lot of cocaine smuggling. So it's a smuggler joke. Yeah. Okay. And Pablo Escobar bear bear bar bar bear. (laughs) It sounds alike. Dr. Alonzo had stated that the stomach of the bear was literally packed to the brim with cocaine. With the total amount of cocaine approximately being eaten by the bear being 75 pounds, which is valued at that like $14 million, like we talked earlier. Alonzo said the estimated amount of cocaine the bear had actually absorbed would only have been three to four grams at the time of its death in its bloodstream. So out of 75 pounds, only a few grams made it in. So I don't I don't know how cocaine works. <laughs> I just, I'm realizing this now. <laughs> like you're, you're doing great. Yeah, no idea. I, I'm just I'm really confused. OK, moving on. <laughs> so they found nine Coke stuffed duffel bags that were recovered along the plane's flight path. And then cocaine bear had the 10th one, obviously. So there was 10 bags. The cocaine bear was found three months after the, the first initial nine bags in the woods just south of the Tennessee Georgia state line area where I told you, and he was sprawled out next to the ripped up 10th bag. So just so that you understand how much cocaine we're dealing with that was on this plane, (laughs) a fuck ton. (laughs) Yes. The investigators actually had found more than 300 pounds of cocaine in the search. And it lasted for months because they didn't want any other animals to find more bags at this point. Or people. Or yeah. Well, Okay. I mean, I think they were less worried about the people for some reason, because the people, well, what are they going to do? Sell it and use it. The animals are just going to fucking rip it up and die because they don't know any better. Right. And it is a national forest. I don't know. I think I'd be more worried about the animals. Worried as far as like safety goes. Yes. But worried. I guess no one should do the cocaine. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) No one should do the cocaine. Damn. (laughs) The cocaine. Dr. Alonso didn't want to waste the body of the bear, so he had it taxidermied, and then he gifted it to the Chattahoochee River National Recreational Area. So we can see this bear? Uh, I, yes. Let's do it. I have seen I know, I'm aware. So at some point, the bear disappeared. But before it disappeared, they actually moved it to a storage unit because they wanted to protect it from the threat of wildfires. So they're like, we're going to put it in storage. But then making it to the storage after being stored at some point, somehow the bear just disappeared. 
Because that's what happens to 175 pounds stuffed taxidermy bears. So it was like when you lose a sack, it's gone forever. Well, you would think. But (laughs) then it emerged one day in a Nashville pawn shop years later. And people were like, oh, my God, we found the bear. But a man bought That's it. That's weird, though. Did someone steal it? Someone had to have stolen it. Someone definitely stole the bear. 100% stole it. So it was sold to the country singer Waylon Jennings. Well, Jennings bought it and he kept it in his Las Vegas home. But then when Jennings died, the bear was bought by a Chinese herbalist in Reno. Well, then the herbalist died. Okay. So his widow kept it. But then these two guys were really adamant on wanting to know the story behind Thornton and the bear and everything. And they became really like it became like their life goal to know more about it. So they tracked it down and they somehow got it either donated or bought or like sold to the Kentucky Fun Mall in Lexington, Kentucky. And that's where it is now. Fun Mall. Yes. (laughs) Please elaborate. It's kind of like a mini mall of America. There's some cool stuff in the mall. Okay. It's just so it's just like a really cool mall. Yeah. Okay. It's just a cool mall. Okay. I one time fell in the fountain at it. <laughs> nice. So there's that. I've been to this mall. <laughs> um, on March 9th, 2021, Universal Pictures announced that they were going to have a film based on the true story of Cocaine Bear and it's in development. It was confirmed that the film would be directed by Elizabeth Banks. Kylie and I already did this the other night because when I heard Elizabeth Banks, I'm like, damn, why does that name sound so familiar? Okay. She's in Pitch Perfect. She's in Walk of Shame. She was Effie Trinket from The Hunger Games. Then she's going to be producing this film, right? She's also in Zack and Mary making porno. She's in a bunch of other stuff too. But so then she's going to be the producer of this film, right? And I was like, holy shit, is this her first movie she's producing? Dude, no. She's the producer of the 2019 Charlie's Angels movie with Kristen Stewart Hot Face. Bam. May the odds be ever in your favor. Happy Hunger Games, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Which is so weird, because when I think of that girl, it's hard to think of, like, the girl from Pitch Perfect versus, like, the girl from... Oh, Washington. yeah, like, they're they very, all yeah. are very She's different. a very good actress. She's yeah. good. She's good. So in the trailer for the movie, the bear goes on a cocaine-induced carnage spree, and it turns super bloody, super gory, and obviously that is not what happened. Hate to break it to you all. Damn. But it's still a really no cool No rampage concept. bear. No rampage bear. I'm so sorry. But so like th- they're taking the story of cocaine bear, which really did happen. A bear is high on cocaine. But sadly, this bear probably only died. three to four grams, though. <laughs> only three. <laughs> but like he he did probably die. They think like not super long. They don't think he made it like through the night or anything even. So this bear died pretty instantly i'm gonna say but in the movie he's gonna become you know a psychopathic killer and go you know cuckoo um (laughs) which is already like a wild crazy fun story right whatever but then i was like okay well this episode's not very long i need to like talk about something else and originally i was like oh dude we'll just talk about wild bear instances okay and i was a hundred percent ready i started writing it up and i was going to talk about that I I would call it a true crime case, that true crime case where the couple goes hunting in the woods or not hunting, but the guy's camping in the woods and he gets mauled to death and eaten by a bear on live recording. And then they uploaded it to YouTube. So I, I would not suggest that any of you go watch this YouTube clip. I do all these things so you don't have to. 
Um, it is just as horrifying as you can imagine. So see, I'm telling you not to watch this film. And this isn't one of those or like this clip on YouTube. And this isn't one of those like, haha, don't go find it. No, like, do not go find it. I do all these things. So you guys don't have to trust me. You don't want to. So it you hear him crying and like begging for help. And he's just begging for it to end and his life to end because he's in so much pain and he's screaming and it is fucking horrendous. And the fact that it's still up there. Don't ask me why I watched it in the first place. And you don't really watch it because it's pitch black. You just listen to it. And it's a true story. And this man is obliterated by a bear and he is no longer alive and with us because of this. And it's an available clip that you can. It's not the things I do for this podcast. You whores. <laughs> you whores. <laughs> I do these things for you guys. Um, Yeah, it's not a good one. So I was originally going to do that, right? We're going to talk about that. Athena here. I double checked my sources and the clip is no longer available on YouTube. Yes, you can still find it on other sources, but I do not suggest it. If you are wondering to learn more about the case, though, it is Timothy Treadwell. And then I was like, wait a minute. Andrew Thornton's a crazy ass motherfucker, right? Let's talk about him some more. Let's stay fun. Let's stay, stay happy. I mean, it's kind of sad cocaine bear died, but you know what I mean? So let's talk about him. His name was Andrew Carter Thornton II. He's called one of America's original cocaine cowboys, which is one of my favorite terms. Of course it is. <laughs> it's just such a fun fucking nickname. <laughs> if I was a bad guy, I wish I was a cocaine cowboy and that's what I was called. I would love it. I'd be a rootin' tootin' one. <laughs> so, Andrew was born October 30th, 1944. He was a Scorpio. He's born on the same day as Ivanka Trump. Eh, whatever. That's also <laughs> National Candy Corn Day. Eh, whatever. Eh, whatever. I don't like Scorpios. I don't like the Trumps. Nope. And I don't like candy corn. I hate Scorpios. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a shitty fucking day to be born. Yikes. Although Andrew's kind of kind of cool, so... And it's the day before Halloween. It's all Hallow's Eve. Yeah. He was born to an elite Kentucky horse breeding family, but he had some wild run-ins with the law and he became the head member of something called The Company, which was a drug smuggling ring in Kentucky. Thornton was the son of Carter and Peggy Thornton. Very country sounding family. Very. He grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, which is where my grandparents live. He attended a private school and a polo club. He was then transferred to a military academy. He grew up to be a member of the ROTC and attended U of K for a semester, which is University of Kentucky, before dropping out to join the Army. Thornton trained at Fort Bragg as a paratrooper. He participated in the 1965 U.S. invasion of the Dominic Dominican Republic and received a Purple Heart for his service. Purple Heart. That's hard to get. That's yeah, that's not easy. Top of the top right there. So Thornton returned to school for a year in 1966, but he ended up dropping out and then he trained race horses for his father. After quitting the army, Thornton joined the Lexington Fayette Urban County Police Department in 1968. In July 1968, he also met married a woman named Betty Zaring, who he was married to her like up until he died. Like Betty loved him and they were like a couple. Mm -hmm. She spoke out 
I think it was at his funeral and stuff. And his funeral was said to be like a big deal. And like a lot of people were at it because he was also this big deal in Kentucky for being this like horse racing type guy and stuff like that. And like his family being so wealthy and stuff. Because when I talk about like how wealthy his family is, like their horses were worth some money. Yeah. In 1971, he took night classes at Eastern Kentucky University and he graduated with a degree in law enforcement. He became a member of the Lexington Police Department's Narcotics Squad in the early 1970s and worked on narcotics investigations with the Louisville Office and Drug Enforcement Administrations. During his time with the police, Thornton took night classes at the University of Kentucky, the College of Law. He earned a law degree in 1976. By the way, uh, my cousin went to that school and my other cousin went to U of K. This is literally like everywhere my family was. Okay. Not same years. During his time working with the narcotics division, he began smuggling drugs. And then he ended up having to resign from the police in 1977. Yeah, because I feel like the police department doesn't really like it when their police start smuggling the drugs. It's a little don't. Don't shit where you eat. Yeah. 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 I was trying to think of the phrase, but for some reason I was trying to think it had something to do with putting your dick somewhere. (laughs) So I was like, don't put your dick where you eat. And I was like, that's not the saying. Or you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah. 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 He was like the good cop and the bad cop. Oh, he was doing it both. Yeah. Smart. In 1981, shit kind of hit the fan for Thornton. So one of his connections, who was one of his really good friends, Bradley Bryant, was arrested. Thornton and Bryant were lifelong friends, and Bryant actually was the best man at Thornton's wedding. Like, they they were close boys. Bryant also came from, like, a wealthy family, and I think they were also, like, horse training people type stuff. I mean, that's what you do in Kentucky. You train horses or you go to church. Like, those are the things you do for fun. In 1981, Bryant was arrested in a hotel in Philly when maids smelled marijuana coming from his room. In Brian's possession at the time of his arrest was a multitude of semi-automatic weapons, some disguises, and ten over 10 fraudulent Kentucky driver's license, plus $22,000 in cash. His He also had a notebook on him, and the notebook contained some names and addresses of several Lexington men, including Thornton, and they all had references to planned operations that the men were going to do that were like drug smuggling, heists, and stuff like that. I need to know more about the disguises. <laughs> like, are they masks or, you Full know, like outfits? Yeah, Was like, there I, need wigs? To, I need to know more. Goatees. Tell me. Exactly. Bryant initially told police he was involved in a super top secret CIA assignment. Well, super top secret. You share it. They you know. knew that wasn't not true. So within days of his arrest, several federal agencies joined the investigation. Probably including the CIA. Yeah, probably. To be honest, because Bryant was like an officer and all these people in his book were officers that were doing drug smuggling. So probably, yeah, like the FBI and CIA were part and of this. And they're like, uh, no. False. <laughs> Not working for us. Nice try. A few months later, 25 individuals were indicted in Fresno, California, and they were charged with the conspiracy to import and distribute marijuana or steal government property from the China Lake Naval Base. So like stealing from like military. They were going to steal weapons from the military. You can't do that and get away with it very no, easy. No, that's really that's probably really hard to do. I was trying to think I recently 
I feel like the only way you could do that is if you had an inside man. Yeah, I was I thought I watched a movie recently where they like did that and they talked about how stealing from the military is almost like a worse offense than like um like getting kicked out of the military. Like they'd rather you just do something bad enough to get kicked out rather than steal from them because like you're dishonoring you and everyone that like is dishonor you. on you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in Fresno, California, these 25 men were indicted and one of them was, you guessed it, Thornton, which by the way, Fresno, California um, is where the Fresno night crawlers are from. If you know cryptids. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> Thornton was one of the 25 men accused. Thornton remained a fugitive for several months, but after U.S. Customs agents had seized a 56-foot converted minesweeper that was carrying 150 pounds of marijuana off the Louisiana coast, they discovered a machine gun on board that also belonged to Thornton. So now they weren't just searching for him as a, like, "Mm, he might be part of this, or, like, no, it's intensified. He's part of this. I don't know what a minesweeper is. Also, they're carrying 1,500, not 150. Oh, did I say 150? Yeah. They were ca- ca- carrying <laughs> 1,500 pounds of marijuana. So that's 1,500. Yeah. Okay. But what's a minesweeper? Okay. So a minesweeper is kind of just like a special Navy ship. Um, it's a warship, basically. It's a warship, and it has sonar capability, it says. It seems like. So it could figure out where mines are, I think. It could withstand hitting a mine. Because it is a ship or aircraft equipped with detecting and removing or destroying any tethered explosive mines above or below the surfaces. Yeah, it says using, using various mechanisms intended to counter the threat posed by naval mines. So, yeah, they stole one from the military and then converted it and was using it to transport drugs. And they also put a machine gun on it. But that's also like (laughs) you think like Thornton remained a fugitive for several months. But after U.S. Customs agents seized this big ass ship carrying fifteen hundred pounds of marijuana. Like what? (laughs) They were like, well, now it's time to get serious and look for him. That's an insane uh, sentence. (laughs) You were already looking for him. That was not the reason to start making it official. Um, They they did officially apprehend him, though. And so when they did, the U.S. Marshals transported Thornton to Fresno for his arraignment. He ended up posting $75,000 in cash. And he even gave them a million dollars in cash as a personal surety bond. Um. But when they say in cash, it was not like cash money. It was in cash. Um, What is like a uh, leverage? And what was this leverage? Three racehorses. OK, that's how much his racehorses were worth. Jesus. So he essentially put these racehorses in the police possession and said, here, I'm good for my word. And they're like, yes, you are. Thank you for the horses, sir. Yeah, yes, you are. He ended up returning to Kentucky then, and he awaited his trial on February 27th, 1982, three days before he was scheduled to appear in a hearing in Fresno. He was shot twice in the chest at close range as he was leaving a Lexington restaurant. The bullets didn't penetrate his bulletproof vest, so authorities believed the shooting was staged to try to persuade the judge that his life would be super endangered if he gets incarcerated because people want him dead. That's not how that works. If you're incarcerated, you're on surveillance and like you can get sh- the heart in prison shanked. 
That's what he's trying to say. He's trying to be like, look, you think I'm going to talk in my arraignment? And they're saying like, I can't do that because I'm yeah important. Yeah. Okay. I kind of get it. Yeah, I kind of get it. He pleaded no contest in Fresno. And so he got a misdemeanor drug charge and the felony charges were dropped. Thornton was, how do you get a misdemeanor for all those drugs and for being on that list and having the machine gun? Like that seems like too much. Big ass boat. Like, because, okay, maybe the boat wasn't in his name. Maybe someone stole the boat, stole all the drugs, and the machine gun did just happen to be his, but they stole his machine gun from him that he stole from the government, and then they put it on the ship. So, really, all he did was steal this little gun, this little giant machine gun. The little giant machine gun. Yeah. So, Thornton ended up being sentenced to six months in prison. He was fined $500, and then he was placed on probation for five years. Fined $500. Which, to him, is chump change at this point. Literally pocket money, yeah. He then had his law license suspended. He was no longer allowed to be a police officer or a lawyer. After this, it was believed that Thornton turned to smuggling full-time. So he was living his life. Well, what else would he do? <laughs> like, what else does he have to live for? Race the damn horses, sir. Just go play with your horses in a field. Right. So he started living his life as a millionaire who was constantly doing runs from Colombia to the U.S. Following his conviction, Thornton was constantly being sought out for questioning. Usually it was in like what police assumed would be connections to the event. So they would just kind of like hope that he had the answers. So there was a lot of really shady shit that happened after some of the people started getting put away that were on this list and after the trials, right? So to give you an example, here's some of the shady shit that happened. Gene Barry, who was the Florida state's attorney, he was murdered at point point blank range on January 16, 1982. He opened the door of his Punta Gordo Gorda residence, and he was the attorney that had successfully prosecuted one of Thornton's co-members from the Fresno incident. And he just happened to just accidentally die by getting shot randomly well you don't get accidentally shot (laughs) apparently you do according to them so they're like thornton do you know anything about this and he's like no never heard of him point blank range so then another man named robert s walker who was a witness against thornton in the case was found accidentally strangled in a swamp in tampa florida (laughs) okay then the man who informed customs of thornton's involvement with the Louisiana smuggling vessel, accidentally had his throat slit in Miami. Okay. At this point, it's just It's so like when you accidentally get something stuck in your ass and you go to the ER and you're like, yeah, I fell on it. That's a, exactly what it is. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> then Harold Wade Brown, who was the former DEA office in Kentucky. So this one's kind of weird because he actually was a really, really good friend of Thornton's from when he was on the force. So it was a little weird, but he was found shot to death in his home, but they thought it was an apparent suicide. So that one is a little like, hmm, that one could be coincidental. Yes. But then all this leads up to Andrew, then Thornton um, doing his drug runs and then, you know, cocaine and then he drops the, yeah, and a bear. And then bear. Cocaine bear. But I thought that was really cool to kind of know some of that other random shit about his life because he's. Kind of kind a weird, of wild. It's a weird character of this story. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's Cocaine Bear, and there will be a movie about it in 
I want to say it's the end of February 2023. I feel like it said 2-23-23 as the date, which would be February 23rd. I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong. But yeah, there's a movie coming out. So now everyone has to watch it now that they heard this and they have to be like, wow, that was... I saw the I saw the trailer and I love Elizabeth Banks, so I'll probably see it just to support her. I'm kind of sad she's not in it because I do love her. And yeah. The one of the guys from Game of Thrones is in it, and then this guy from TikTok's in it. It looks like good casting for what it's worth. Like it, it's it's a good I'm excited to see it. I know it's gonna be cheesy, but I'm really excited. It's gonna be super campy, but it's just like I I saw it and I was like, what? the hell is this and then Corey was like oh, cocaine bear and i was like what are you talking about and he's like cocaine bear and i'm like you keep saying this and i don't understand well and then i'm so excited for when it does come out because margie Corey, kylie and i are gonna go on a double date to go see it but it's so funny because Corey said like blah 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 cocaine bear and i'm like okay what the fuck is cocaine bear like i thought he was kidding and then i started looking into it and i was like oh this is so weird because when I got to the part about it being taxidermy, I was like, that's so crazy. I remember in the Kentucky mall going up to a taxidermy bear and people kept saying it was like the craziest story ever. And I was like, I wonder if that bear and this bear were bear friends. And then I was like, oh, my God, fuck. I've met cocaine bear. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I did not know that that's why that bear was famous that I knew. Definitely did not know it was famous for doing cocaine. When Thena came into the group chat and was like, I have a picture with this fucking bear. And Corey's like, of fucking course you do. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I didn't realize that's the same bear. Like, of all yeah, things in life. all the places. It's just like, what? But yeah, Corey triggered a repressed memory of me hanging out with a dead bear that I didn't know I had. It happens. It's a massive taxidermy. It is. It is really big, too. I mean, it's obviously it's big. It's it's a 175 pound bear. Yeah. It's a black bear. It's I mean, they're they're big. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the story of Cocaine Bear. And uh, if you guys go see it, obviously, everyone else has to tell us, like, if you see the movie and whatnot. I'm really hoping some other people cover this case, too, and learn about Andrew Thornton, but also Cocaine Bear. So this is me extending the invitation to any and all podcasts in the world. Do this episode and like either like tag us or talk to us about it or something so we can be like, oh, my God, like, let's talk about it. Yeah, because maybe other people also find some random shit that we didn't find. Like, Wouldn't it be really interesting something. to see how like, I mean, obviously, it's not going to follow the whole like. Story of the bear, because that was just like, yep, ate cocaine, died, died. Yeah. <laughs> But in the movie, it's definitely not like you can tell I'm not giving anything away. Like it's literally that. But how much do they know or give away about Andrew? And yeah. Like, I'm wondering if do they know anything? It. Yeah. Like, I want to know if they I'm go wondering off of if that. the beginning is going to be like just racing like horses. We well, I, I wonder in my mind, if I'm making this movie, I'm Elizabeth Banks here. Hello. Nice to meet me. I'm thinking that she's going to not really talk much about Andrew. So the beginning of the movie is going to be like. They're in a plane 
and you'll see him with the headset on. He's like, we're going down. We're go- Something's happening. We got to get off the plane. We got to get off the fucking plane. And, and they're he, like throwing shit out. Yeah, they're yeah. like throwing it out the window. His co-pilot is whoever they decide to play him. And they're throwing shit out the win- uh, out the plane door and stuff. And then he's like, we got to go down ourselves. We're not going to make it out. And so you see him like press the button and it's super intense. And then he jumps out of the plane and then like slams into something. All you see is like his feet and he's dead in the driveway or something like that. And there's blood pouring down. And then it switches to like you see. <laughs> the trail of cocaine and like there's like a map and then it's the title of the movie you know cocaine bear and we're like ooh, and then all of a sudden it's now we're in bear mode and the story now turns into the bear which also a whole movie following a bear and it not being like a kid's movie is very odd to me it gave me um vibes of okay it gave it gave me vibes of two things the first one is that couple that decided that they were going to keep a lion in their apartment Yes. Okay. And then the other is uh, Nope. Okay. If you haven't seen Nope, there's like a monkey thing going on. Yeah. So you need to see it because I can't even explain this. But the monkey. <laughs> I forgot my mom saw Nope with us, with my girlfriend and I, because that's the only way she'll see a scary movie is if we like convince her. And I forgot she saw it with us. And I was talking about something about Nope. And she's like, yeah, I went and saw that. And I was like, you saw it with who? And she's like, with what? Like, wait, what? <laughs> with what? And like Margie was with me during this conversation. And Margie's like, yeah, who'd you see it with, Lorraine? And my mom's like, you guys. I went and saw it with you guys. And we're like, I don't think you did. And she's like, no, like I very clearly did. It's about like the aliens. And I was like, okay. And like the monkey. And she's like, what? There was no monkeys in that film. And I was like, wait, what? My mom completely blacked out every scene with the monkey in it. She had no idea what I was talking about. It is a pretty decent part of the movie. It's literally part of the like motivation of the movie. (laughs) And my mom completely forgot there was a monkey at all in the film. And I was like, are you sure you watched the film? So that's kind of funny. Um, yeah. So if you guys, uh, Liked Cocaine Bear. We'll do some other fun, wild things. We told you we were going to do another animal episode after SeaWorld. Yep, there you go. This is <laughs> this is part it. two, I guess. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's also a happy little Merry Christmas gift for you guys. A little bonus episode thrown in here. If you hate it, it's because Athena edited it, not Corey. That's why it's a little <laughs> less good than Norm. So my sources for tonight, <laughs> we're going to go on from there. My sources were... Mostly newspapers, because that was the easiest to get a lot of information on. The Knoxville News Sentinel, the New York Times. But then I found a lot of documents in the Georgia Bureau of Investigation reports. That you can just like look up. I don't know how that's legal, but it is. And (laughs) because I didn't do anything illegal to get them. I just like Googled it. Yeah. And it shows you all the police reports from different times that he was arrested from the like autopsy reports and stuff. And they're all just scanned copies of papers that you can just read as long as you can read the fucking handwriting, which is very difficult. But if you can, I mean, it's everything you'd ever need in information. So, you know, it's crazy. Hmm. Is that <laughs> I almost said new people, <laughs> younger people and yeah, can't. they can't. They literally cannot read that. They're not taught cursive. They have no idea. I never once said it was in cursive. You're right. You're right. I'm assuming. But (laughs) still, (laughs) I'm assuming because it's so old. No, it wasn't in cursive. The guy just has messy handwriting. Have you seen Corey's? No. It's 
chaotic. I mean, I have to read men's handwriting all day long at work. That's true. And sometimes they don't even decide to write in English. So I have to read random other things. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, they'll just. (sighs) Two of the guys like to make my life difficult and they'll just Spanglish sometimes, even when writing. And then I'm sitting there. That's rough. Google stuff. Yeah. And they kind of just do it because they know that it's like funny. I'm like, "Uh, uh, you're a dick. (laughs) It is funny, but also you're a fucking ass. (laughs) Part one of Scientology is the giveaway winner. So you guys better hurry up and get those last few entries. We have some cool stuff that's going out and it'll be it'll be fun. And I don't know when this is going to air. So we don't have I don't uh, like you could be one week. It could be two weeks. I don't know when this airs. So just keep in mind, (laughs) it's the first episode of Scientology. Listen to that. Listen to that. And maybe win or don't win. It's all up to fate. We're going to have merch in that one. Merch. 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 (laughs) The giveaway. The giveaway. (laughs) So thank you guys to everyone that helps make this podcast what it is. Y'all are a big part of the CSP family. Big thanks to Corey with Photography every week for. Oh, no. You didn't do shit this time. (laughs) Fuck you. You just requested it. I'm editing it. You didn't do shit this time. (laughs) They don't mean it. No. (laughs) Thanks to Hey Subthena for editing this episode and core.media.photography for requesting it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Cryptic Soup Pod where our DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. You can also join the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. It is official. It is very public. I'm so sorry. But now we are public and ready to share away. So make sure you get your shares in so that you can get your uh, entries in for the giveaway. The uh, giveaway? The, the, the okay. giveaway? Sorry. <laughs> uh, in this group, we post further updates on our lives or our cases. So join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the CSP fam. All of our links can also be easily found at crypticsuppod.com as well. Any kind of Apple podcast review rating or Spotify ratings always help. They get our names out there and they are just something to make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So thank you. I like warm and fuzzies. Especially over the holiday season. Leave us a little... Well, that gift. could be your gift to us. Yes. Wow. You're so nice. Thank you. Um, remember, guys, to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us, and remember to join the conversation. We'll see you for the next normal scheduled post, which will be on Tuesday, the next episode. Stay tuned. A Christmas present to you, cocaine bears. Cocaine. Merry Christmas. Cocaine bears. You get the cocaine bear. You get the cocaine bear. <laughs> the new National Treasure series is available on Disney Plus. Stop! As of I today. love National Treasure. Leave me alone. No, I'm being serious. I'm showing you because I some I subscribed to it because I wanted to make sure that when it went up, I really want to watch it.